0: Welcome
1: to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB.
2: Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we
1: explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally.
2: We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more.
1: Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program. Here on Community Radio, WFHB.
2: Thanks for listening to Blooming Out.
1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome
2: to Blooming Out. I'm Frankie Presslav.
3: I'm Melanie Davis.
2: And I'm Alex Ashkin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Indiana's only LGBTQ news and current affairs program, and a very special thank you for joining us for our Thanksgiving special. Tonight, we are very lucky to have Jonah Chester and Jennifer Bass in the studio tonight with us from Just Married, Stories of Marriage Equality from America's Heartland.
1: But before we get to this subject, we're going to talk about our holidays. And since this is Thanksgiving, um, I thought it would be kind of fun to hear what our different host and guest uh, holiday uh, traditions are. And maybe since I'm staring at (laughs) 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 Melanie over there, we'll start with you. Yeah, (laughs) Hard stare over the radio. (laughs) Um,
3: Well, we are uh, blessed to have – been invited to Thanksgiving to our friend's house. This time, they're actually letting us make something, so that's exciting. Yes, because uh, I I used to cook for friends uh, and family who didn't have uh, places to go when we lived in Indy, and uh, we had upwards of 25, 30 people um, sometimes oh, wow. stop through, and and I just I loved it. You know, it's a friendversary, a friend-versary and um, uh, you know, people come in and we're all just. Uh, Friendsgiving, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, friends Friends Friendsgiving. Friendsgiving. Yeah. I was like, what, "What's going Friend-iversary. on?" Friendiversary. So it's, fa-
3: it's how Facebook has attacked my brain. It, it, it's just very friend friendly. It's <laughs> lots of friend. It's friend, friend, friend. Okay. And um, so does
1: everybody bring a, a a certain meal with them? We
3: we were our side, I should say. We didn't put <laughs> that pressure on people. So you know, because people have varying levels. So we just like okay. you, you just come. We provide the food, and oh, I did wow. two hams, two turkeys, all the fixins and stuff like that. I love doing that um but i we haven't we you know we don't have a great place to entertain uh right now and our friends have graciously uh, asked us into their home for the past three years and and it's been great and i love that and it's you know keeping with uh the friend thing friends giving uh theme too and and they're really family and that's that's kind of you know, an exploration of, of what goes on in the holiday, right? You know, family getting together. Right. But whose family? How do you mm-hmm. count that? Right. So.
1: so most people, I mean, that's not fair to say, but some people prefer to be with the friends, um, <laughs> especially now after the election, depending on who your uh, your family is mm-hmm. and right. what side mm-hmm. of uh, <laughs> the D or the R they stand on. I mean, can be a very interesting time and kind of stressful for some folks. Right.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's sort of interesting just because... Right now is sort of a a little bit of a test of family civility at all of these big meals. But at the same time, I always sort of uh, kind of touching on what Melanie was saying, <laughs> I couldn't help but think about sort of some sort of like little witticism. and the only thing I could kind of come up with is you can't you can't pick your relatives, but you can choose your family there you go, right. and so uh, I'm sort of of the friends giving type as well. Um especially through college that was like my big thing. Uh you know, uh, uh primarily uh have everyone over, anyone who didn't have a place or anyone with leftovers. That's basically the ticket of, of admission is uh bring a little tupperware of some sort of leftovers. And you know, eat, drink, and be merry, more right? or yeah. less. Um, <laughs> <Dreams>. to, yeah, <laughs> <Get> drink. married. <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, it's been great. Uh, I, years ago, years ago, um, I mean, I had friends come in from London to, like, stay with us for right. Friendsgiving. And, awesome. and it, it was a blast. And, I mean, granted, it was probably, like, 10 people crowded into a tiny little two-bedroom apartment <laughs> uh, it, all of us, you know, staying there that night, but it's like you know what—that it's what makes the memories and like sort of, I think it—it's those unique moments that really sort of, uh, cr- make an impression on us and sort of help sort of evolve this idea of what uh the holidays and traditions really are. Right, right.
1: and it's so different for everybody. I mean, our family. 25 is small. Mm-hmm. So if we, and, and it's going to be a smaller one this year. So we'll probably have 20, between 23 and 25, which we usually have way more than that. Um, uh, you know, if, and, and with my eight kids and grandkids yeah. and everything that just, I was going to say yeah, that's, yeah, just that's just, you just you like and your nothing. <laughs> so it sounds like a lot, but when you kind of just think <laughs> the immediate kids and stuff. So it's, it's, I, lo- you know, this is one of my favorite holidays. We usually, you know, we had on my, uh, My in-laws side, they're definitely politically, you know, they think a little different than, than we do. Um, and we don't usually get into any of that. We keep it, you know, kind of simple and talk about building projects and, of course, the kids and what everything is going on with them. And it's not a rule that's set up. We just never go there. Mm-hmm. So we've always kind of been, that's never been like a, a big issue within ours. I mean, people, the food is just, you know, just that's the topic. It's like, <laughs> you know, is it going to be enough? You know, then the, you know, the leftovers. And then, you know, I, what I love about, um the you know thanksgiving is just that you have so many more dinners you know it's just like you start with one <laughs> dinner and then the second dinner and a third right. dinner and then you're down to like you know the white bread and the the, mm-hmm. the white meat and the mayonnaise <laughs> 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 <It> just <laughs> depends um so i don't know it's just everybody kind of has their own thoughts how about you jennifer
4: Well, I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. And in fact, I think we bought our house because when I walked through the house and saw this giant dining room, said, I can have everybody for Thanksgiving here. And that's the way it's been for 25 years in this house that was like, okay, well, it's an, you know, it's a fine house. Nothing that special about it. But it had room in the dining for a big dining table. But, um, I've just been thinking about, the experience that I've had interviewing couples and mm-hmm. who are, you know, same sex couples and what they say. And sometimes events like Thanksgiving are seminal moments in their relationship and not just with their partner, but with their partner's family or with their mm-hmm. family. So there are several couples who we've interviewed who, at the holidays, something dramatic happens to change the situation. So, for instance, we have one couple who's uh, parents were just rejecting anything about him being gay or being having a gay partner. And then at Thanksgiving last year, the mom invited the husband, this guy's husband, for Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. it just happened. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they talked about, but the fact that she wanted him at her Thanksgiving table was huge. Right, And yeah. I think, you know, these times... Can be really painful for some right. people, and it can be an opportunity, right. and so it's it, it is know, it's, it's like an important a, time no matter what happens. Right, for a lot of it's people. an
1: accepting you know to be accepted into the family, to be invited for the big holidays. You know, right. and if you're in a you know a, a same-sex you know relationship, when you know that um, depending on who the family is and their acceptance and stuff, to, to you know, I, I mean, we can all probably come up with stories of friends that are still not able to you know bring people into their house or you know significant Mm -hmm. others are not talked about and Mm -hmm. you know so it's on on that side yeah the the stress that goes along with it that it's not such a you know a wonderful house and that's again our doors are have always been open for for those friends and so we always would have an extra 10 people at least on top of whatever family or, or close other friends are in because it's just you know To think of people, you know, uh, being from, you know, a university town, you hear about the little stories and, you know, the the students going home or not being able to go home, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just, you know, something to think about of, you know, this time of year to to open your doors and and be that, Mm -hmm. you know, so.
4: We have a, a different issue in our family now. I actually have a... You know, my daughter and her partner, there's no problem. With, right. You know, if they're same sex. You know, who cares? But what we care about is that she's vegan. And, <laughs> oh. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm done with the tofurkey. It's not <laughs> happening this <year. laughs> Oh, The hate
1: mail comes in. Yeah, we've never, you know, I guess we have the options, but I'm... <laughs> You know that's that's funny, yeah. Yeah. So th-
2: there's a little bit of extra game planning that goes on when you're doing vegan cooking. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no butter, no eggs. <laughs> Just that, a little tough. Challenge mode. <laughs> we always
3: had a vegetarian option, but it was. Uh... Oh, uh, we couldn't do the vegan. That was like...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just well. How about you over there at the other end?
5: Oh yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> see, I have the benefit. Uh, I don't have anything as profound as that to say, but I do have the benefit of being the person who cooks at Thanksgiving. So people can't upset me too much <laughs> right? or I, I don't know. I might revoke their eating privileges. <laughs> right. By the way, I got some great vegan recipes for Thanksgiving. Oh, oh there we go. go. I'll, I'll, I'll. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. We'll po- post them up with the show. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so a-
2: after the episode, look up Jonah's email. Yeah. If you want any vegan <laughs> recipes, people, yeah. you, you want, know you where want to cooking look.
5: cooking tips? I'm there. So, <laughs> yeah.
6: Move around freely, this world is yours to roam Travel to the country, sing me a city song Well, come on and my doorstep, baby, it's been way too long I got diamonds in the doorway and soft light shining on the walls. I can feel our connection, I can feel you sweating in my arms. Use your heart and not your head. That's all that I said. That's all that I said. It's not in your head. It's not in your head. We're here right now side reflection of light shining strong Parallel direction, roses coming up where we walk were in my head, singing, singing the sweetest song, using your heart and not your head, that's all that I said, that's all that I said, it's not in your head, it's not in your head, we're here right now, use your heart and not your head, some words can't be unsaid, Some things can't be undid The beginning and the end Use your heart and not your head Time is not our friend But we're here right now We're here right now
2: Thank you for tuning back in to Blooming Out. Up next is our newest episode of Just Married, stories of marriage equality from America's heartland.
6: If not now, tell me when. If not now. Welcome to
4: Just Married, stories about love and citizenship in the decade of marriage equality. I'm Jennifer Bass.
5: And I'm Jonah Chester.
4: This show tells the stories of same-sex couples in the heartland and their journeys into marriage.
5: In 2014, several legal cases and a series of overturned and then reinstated rulings opened up a brief window of a few days in June when same-sex couples could legally marry in the state of Indiana. This was nearly a year before the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage nationwide. During this window, couples across the state rushed to tie the knot few of them had to do so while riding around on a mobility scooter, however. So I was on a, they call him a knee walker, it's like a giant scooter for adults. In the spring of 2014, a few months before the initial ruling that allowed gay marriage in the state, Jamie had shattered her ankle and wound up partially immobilized. That did not stop her from getting married to her longtime partner Donna. Love finds a way, even when you're short one usable leg.
7: We did all this scurrying around trying to find something to get married in and get wedding rings and get a little bit of something for a reception and get everything hammered out. And here I am on my knee walker rolling all over southern Indiana trying to figure out how I'm going to get married. Donna and Jamie were one of only a few dozen same-sex
5: couples who married in Lawrence County during the initial two-day window. The couple still lives in Bedford with their son Jack.
7: Um, The second we found out we could in Bedford, because that, that, what was that, that whole week, that first when it became legal in Indiana, yeah, the people in Bedford were like, well, we don't know how to fill out the marriage license. And when we live in Bedford, so we needed to get our license in Bedford. But when we heard that they figured out how to figure, fill out the marriage license, we're like, okay, let's go. <laughs> so we planned it. Like, in, 36, like hours. In 36 hours. 36 hours. <laughs> well, I actually did propose. Yeah. Because I didn't think she was going to get off her knee walker and go to the courthouse with me. (laughs) I don't know why. I mean, I knew it was coming and everything. I just, it's kind of a bad pun, but I guess I was being a foot dragger. (laughs) Well, when she said something about um, that they um, said that they figured out how to fill out the marriage license, she was sitting in her chair in the living room, so I just got down on my knee and grabbed her hand and said, well, do you want to get married? (laughs) I'm like, you're delirious. (laughs) Yes, that's what she said. After the
5: heartwarming and romantic proposal and the hectic dash to the county courthouse for a marriage license, the couple now had to plan the actual wedding. It was modest, and they opted for a small chapel instead of a larger church. There were a couple issues on the day of the wedding, however.
7: I'll let Jamie explain. So my dad was like the last person to get here. So once dad got here, and I got him in the chapel, then we came in. And went down the aisle and I'm on my granny walker and it took so long so somebody starts singing, we're going to the chapel and we're going to get married <laughs> and I'm going clunk 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 clunk, clunk. <laughs> down the aisle no I can't I can't carry a tune in a bucket <laughs> No one's singing for you. So the longer I stood up there, the more the sweat was just rolling off of me. I was drenched. And after a while, my legs started shaking because I was just in excruciating pain. And I'm like, wrap it up, wrap it up. And then everybody's like dabbing their eyes and everything. And Jack, our son Jack, notices that people are crying. And he starts to get emotional so then, you know, the ceremony's largely over, and he just comes running up to us and just hugs us and hugs and just sobs. He just cries his eyes out, and everybody's thinking, well, there's something wrong, there's something wrong. I'm like, no, he's fine. He's just, you know, feeling the moment. And, and he was. He was just fine. And he was probably tired from being at Boy Scout camp all week. <laughs> <laughs> I kept telling Jack, I said, Jack, the only thing that's different now is it's going to take an attorney to get rid of her. <laughs> and her friend, Ellen, overheard me say that. And she goes, oh, so romantic. You said just going to take an eternity to get rid of her. <laughs> like, okay. And I correct her. I'm like, no, that's not what she said. <laughs>
5: Jamie and Donna acknowledged the stereotypes about Southern Indiana. But in spite of those stereotypes, the couple was greeted with nothing but warm and loving support the day they went to get their marriage
7: license. So when we went to the courthouse to get our marriage license, all my experience at the Times-Mail, the newspaper in Bedford, they're all like, Jamie, we wondered if you were coming in. And see, I know a lot of gay people in this area think, You know, Lawrence Countyans are a bunch of knuckle-dragging mouth-breathers. But those girls in there could not have been sweeter to us. And they, you know, were genuinely pleased that I had managed to make it in there. And so it was, that was really nice that they were so happy to see us. Jamie and Donna
5: have never been shy about their relationship. They never describe each other as friends to avoid criticisms or bigotry from others. As Jamie puts it... I don't do things like that with my friends. By being open and honest about their relationship, Jamie and Donna began to attract and meet other LGBTQ couples in the area. Now, the couple is part of a growing community in Lawrence County.
7: Yeah, you know, there, there was, like I said, I was I was like 23 years old before I even knew another gay person. Um, As far as growing up in the gay community, no. There was nothing like that. Um... When we moved back to Bedford, it was so funny. Bedford is a pretty small place. And we were at the store, and I saw one of my high school classmates at the store, and she was with this other woman. And they kept giving us the side eye. I'm like, what is all that about? So we get home, and everybody still had landlines. And our phone's ringing, and they're like, hey, this is Janet and Chris. Um, We were wondering, would you guys like to come over and play Euchre one night? And I'm like, Ching! <laughs> I think we would. Sometimes, however,
5: finding members of the LGBTQ community in a rural area is not as easy and straightforward as bumping into them in the grocery store. Sometimes, it involves high-speed car chases.
7: You know, we're we're old. <laughs> I see these young girls here. We're old. We didn't have uh, Facebook and cell phones and stuff. When I was at at the Times Mail, I got in the habit of parking on a certain, certain place. And every day, I would see this girl drive by in her car with her rainbow vanity plate. And she'd just smile and wave at me. And I'd smile and wave and go into work. And I'm like, hmm. And then I noticed I didn't see my friend in the car anymore. And then I saw a new girl in a little uh, mint-colored Suzuki sidekick. And she'd just smile and wave at me. And I never made the connection because I'm a dunderhead. But it was the same girl. So one day I was driving along on 16th Street, and I didn't have anywhere to go, and I didn't have anywhere to be. And there's a mint-colored Suzuki sidekick pulls up a song. I mean, I'm like, that's it. It's on like Donkey Kong. So I took off down 16th Street after this woman. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) so finally she pulls into the old stone city mall parking lot and i throw it in park and i jump out of my car i'm like hey i want to talk to you and she's like hey i want to talk to you (laughs) i'm like where are you headed she's like i'm gonna go get my nails did and i'm like okay i'm not gonna go get my nails did but give me your phone number and we'll you know we'll hook up later on she's like okay so i mean so we've been friends ever since then um through ups and downs she, she and her partner have split and they're with new partners now and everything And so you just have to if you don't have a community you need to form a community whether it's skulking through the grocery store or chasing somebody down 16th street you know, community is where you find it
6: I see sorrow trouble in this land I see sorrow Trouble in this land. It will be struggle we'll make the
7: change we can
4: if not now, This week's episode if was produced now, by Jonah Chester with recordings from Allison Quantz's radio Innovations class. Now, Thanks to Skyzence and Daniel Anderson and to the Blue Dot sessions for providing musical clips. Now, Just Married theme music is generously provided by Bloomington's own Carrie Newcomer. Support for Just Mary comes from the Indiana University's Department of Gender Studies, the Office for Vice President for Research New Frontiers Program, and the IU Bloomington Arts and Humanities Council. WFHB's Blooming Out is our podcast host. To hear longer versions of these interviews, visit the Kinsey Institute's Marriage Equality Collection, or find us on Facebook at Marriage Equality Heartland.
2: All I have to say is uh, hearing that story. Well, first, thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jonah, for sharing <laughs> yeah. yet another yeah, pleasure. wonderful episode. But all I could think about when hearing that story is, you know, looking around the studio and just seeing how like big of smiles everyone had. And not, not just that, but at least for me, you know, being able to hear these stories and feel like people are finally uh finding their community and acceptance um it in a certain way <laughs> it's like my heart's smiling like mm-hmm. i can't i can't exactly put it into words but thank you uh we always love having your stories on our show <laughs> yeah so it's, it's our pleasure you know we're very grateful that you
5: guys choose to host and it's always fun to work on them and hear these these beautiful stories and uh, this one, especially I loved. Um, uh, Jamie is just such a great talker. (laughs) There's no other way to put it. She has some of the best sayings I think I've, I've heard in in radio and audio production.
4: I I think it's a really brave thing to speak out and to allow us to tell these stories, too, because, you know, this wasn't something that you could do easily five years ago. And for some people, it's not easy today. So I really appreciate um, Jamie and Donna and everyone else who is willing to tell their stories and share them.
1: Yeah. I mean, this was, again, it was kind of a warm and fuzzy story and it was, you know, you, you couldn't help but. Kind of giggle and smile mm-hmm. as uh, what was the, the last one. And she was scoping her friend out in the grocery store. Skulling? Skul- skulking. 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 I was skulking. <laughs> so, <laughs> we're gonna she had her to... on her, her doggy Kong. <laughs> <And> <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, you know, fun, local, you know, southern Indiana colloquialism. Um <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's a part of a, a story that's so important to be told. Um, you know, I think a lot of times people think of, you know, you you come out and you leave and you go to a city, you know, um right. or, you know, you, you, or you just exist, you know, with without, you know, being who you are. Um, and to, to hear these these real stories of these individuals w- that are living in the rural communities, that are able to be themselves, yeah. be in love, mm-hmm. and raise their family, and 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 have uh, friendship groups, yeah. and yeah. Their, their child. I th- they think they had one son. Yeah, they had one mm-hmm. son, Jack. Jack, and mm-hmm. yeah, and. To, you know, to, to, for that is just, you know, again, it's, it's so important for people to, to hear that side. And I think, you know, being in, again, a community like Bloomington, which is a very open community, um, you know, there, there's things, yes, you do second guess about occasionally. At least I do sometimes. And I think that has to do more with my age than it does that it would probably be okay to walk down Bloomington holding hands. Right. Um, but because of – I mean, my friends do. Mm-hmm. Um but I think you know it's where you know where you are in the generational
4: generation is huge and mm. and this is one thing that I'm finding is the people who grew up in the 60s, you know we have one friend who we all know who right. could not come out um, with her partner, couldn't even tell her partner's children who she was raising that they were sweethearts mm. because the children could get taken away from them right I mean, that kind of secrecy where you couldn't even be honest within your home. Right. Let alone in your workplace. And, you know, all these people have gone through a transformation in the last decade. And that's something that's so heartening.
1: How old are this couple? These couple?
4: I'd say they're 50s. You don't have to be exact. 50s.
1: Yeah. 50s, mm-hmm. yeah, they're yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, one question I sort of have for both you and... Frankie and Melanie, is just sort of, we, we're we kind of looking at this almost with a little bit of um, sort of a top-down view, you know, creating your own community and establishing new traditions. Um, my question is, is how have things actually changed for either of you folks, you know, within the past 10 years or so, or uh, even given, you know, after uh, the decision of Obergfell V. Hayes, you know, did that create a unique uh, sort of catalyst for these new uh, communities that you might seek out or new traditions that you guys were hoping to establish?
1: Um, I don't know. I think, you know, what's changed mostly for us is that Kelly's my husband um, instead of partner or, you know, friend, (laughs) special (laughs) friend. Um, I mean, yes, that makes a big difference as far as um, emotionally and legally. Um, But again, you know, I live in a progressive community. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it wasn't that, you know, um, I just kind of woke up and everything was different i think that's just kind of a it's a progression that happens and i think more or less it's we think more of it is as we go into different communities around the country when we travel or whatever is you know kind of scoping out kind of a safety you know measure mm-hmm. of you know how open they are and, and again i hate saying this but me and kelly pass a lot for just being two dudes. And people usually or never assume that we're a couple. Um, right. And so we, we kind of pass through a lot. And and we are not the affectionate guys, you know, that would walk around and even, I don't know, I would probably, Kelly's just, that's not Kelly's thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's not been like an issue for us. Um, and so, yeah, I think for us, it's it's just kind of it's it's over time that as we see things change and people become more progressive and understanding. Um, you know, I think that's that's the big change. It's slow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. How about you, Melanie?
3: Uh, I I lived in Indianapolis for twelve years, and that was my community of uh, you know coming out into and and you know uh, some of my. Uh, oldest and bestest friends uh came from there and when we uh when we were doing those uh friends givings uh it was because there wasn't a whole lot of acceptance within people's families and mm-hmm. what I've noticed over the past dozen years or so is um families have really opened back up to you know, they're lost members or they're not lost, but, um, overlooked, uh, shunned. I, yeah, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- family that was meant to feel uncomfortable being themselves at home and, uh, kind of chased out of those holidays, uh, together. But then, you know, there was a, an outreach or at some point there was a, a break where people welcomed, uh, You know, their their loved ones back in, they never stopped loving them. They just didn't know how to incorporate that into their lives. And I think as they saw other people able to do it, um, they themselves kind of opened up and, you know, well, I might not understand what's going on, but, you know, I love you. I've always loved you. You know, come, uh, you know, bring your partner and we'll work this out. Uh, so there's still, there's still a lot (laughs) farther to go along that lines. There are a lot of people who still can't go home. Um, but I've seen more, uh, more acceptance.
2: Yeah. In a sense, there still is hope, you know, Mm -hmm. there, there still is hospitality and love in people's hearts. And I think it's critical that especially during the holidays, when we're with family, when we're with friends, that we open up our hearts, our doors, and show ultimately sort of the brightness of the human spirit Mm -hmm. and our ability to reinforce community and show our love and acceptance of everyone. And just even thinking about that, I think we might have a few little clips from around the community and from blooming out staff members of about family tradition the holidays
3: i uh, i have gone out and done the roving reporter Ooh. uh gig and i uh, took a little recording device and went around and asked just a couple of basic questions what does family mean to you and um and what are you grateful for mm-hmm. uh what are you what are you giving thanks for and uh and i've put together a little uh uh piece about that so Here it is.
2: Awesome. Let's take a listen.
3: Happy Thanksgiving. At least that's what the paper plates I got on sale say. The Norman Rockwell image of a happy white family seated around a table anticipating the feast they are about to demolish is etched into most people's minds. It's the gold standard. Anything short of that is just not Thanksgiving. I badgered several Bloomingtonians to get their take on family, to see what people of different ages and walks of life had to say about it. Traditionally, LGBT folk have had to create our own families because we were either made uncomfortable in our family of origin or we were disowned. The holidays can be a rough time for LGBT folk. For younger generations who are growing up proud and out, maybe life has gotten a little bit better. I wanted to see how the average Bloomingtonian felt about family how they defined it and what they were thankful for. So I have two questions. The first one is, what does family mean to you?
2: Family is a web of relationships that you start with at birth and you get to choose how they evolve over the course of your life. And that can be positive or negative for any one person. My family was very destructive um, and I recently broke off all contact with them and I'm building a new family here.
3: What are you thankful for?
2: I'm thankful that I'm finally away from the
8: Texas heat.
7: Family means the individual or individuals who either you would choose to drop everything to go to their aid or they would do the same for you. I'm thankful for this year is the opportunity to be able to grow as an individual and find other individuals to build up around me in the process. Family means, like,
9: the ones that are close to you, the ones that, like, you know, you can't live without, really. So, like, not just blood, but, like, you know, the people that are really there for you and, like, support you and what you do. I'm thankful for, I don't know, the fact we're moving, so I'm excited. I'm scared, but excited. My family and my Mason, my new little one.
3: Uh, What does family mean to you?
0: It means everything. It's, like... I can't even put it into words, to be honest. Like, family is a sense of belonging in this world. It's something that you feel spiritually. You feel bound by something whenever you have a family. And growing up, it was hard for me to find a family because my family was going through personal things, either loss or drugs, so I had to look for other people in the world to become my adopted family. So I found it in a different way. I am thankful for my beautiful girlfriend. She makes me happy. She keeps me, she's like my other half. Like I couldn't function without without her. She just does everything for me. She also keeps me calm. What I'm thankful for. And my child. My child's pretty cool.
3: What does family mean to you?
6: Um, It means that you have someone that that takes care of you and that respects you and that listens to you.
3: What are you thankful for this year? That I
6: get to see my dad.
3: What does family mean to you?
10: Family to me, um, trust. People I can trust, people who are there for me, um, and I'm there for them. We share everything and go through life together. I'm not sure what else to say. I am grateful um, for my life, for my new life. Um, I came out this year, as you know. There has been so much support from my family, from friends. It has really been a blessing to finally be at peace with myself to be able to go to bed at night and I go to sleep now just boom I just fall asleep just so at peace with myself and 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 everybody is most everybody has been very accepting of this you know I have my family most of my family and most of us have our health and um, I have a lot of great friends in Bloomington
3: what does family mean to you
10: um i don't know i feel like it's i guess it's like the uh your
11: closest community is what i'd say um i'm thankful for uh i'm thankful for the fact that like everything's worked out pretty well even though everything's been for the most part yeah (laughs) in general um for the past couple years uh in the world and uh kind of everywhere but everyone seems to be kind of all right
9: your family is kind of like your tribe, like your, your people, you know, they're always there for you and they love you unconditionally regardless of, you know, maybe if you make some bad decisions, I feel like your family is always there for you. I am thankful for the birth of a new child and my boyfriend's family, a beautiful child, and I'm also thankful for um, my new life in Bloomington. I, I really enjoy living here.
4: Family means a place to learn how to survive. Family should be about solidarity, but is also a testing ground in your earliest years to learn who you are and how you're going to defend yourself because there are likely to be attacks on your personhood. You're lucky if that's not the case. Very grateful for my own family who are wonderful. Also very grateful for the ability to watch another turning of the earth. Grateful for the opportunity to continue to struggle for better days for the planet. And grateful for all the wildlife and the little birdies and froggies and squirrels.
9: Family is... My, like, my group of friends or my school who I'm close with and I can go to if I need anything, and then my biological family. They're people who I am close with and connect to strongly, and they accept me for who I am, will correct me if I'm wrong, but also they will support me in my decisions most of the time. I'm thankful for my friends and my family at school, a biological family stuff, and my cats, who are adorable and should be loved.
2: Wow. Thanks, Melanie, for producing that segment. And thank you to all of our community members who helped make this such a special episode.
8: You're listening to WFHB Community Radio. The song you're listening to right now is Better Late Than Never from Jim James's Uniform Clarity. And before that, we were listening to All In Your Head. Now we're going to take a look at the community calendar. We're going to take a look at the community calendar for this week on November 23rd. That's Friday. We have Holiday Art and Craft Show, Seasons Lodge and Conference Center. 560 State Road 46 East in Nashville, Indiana This is a juried show featuring painting, jewelry, baskets, clothing, mosaics, stained glass, soaps, woodworking, candles, ceramics, quilts, and much more all handmade by artists and craftspeople That's from 10am till 5pm And then on Sunday, catch It's a Wonderful Life at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater Um, That's at 114 East Kirkwood Avenue from 7 until 915 all right, we're going to throw it back over to Blooming Out. Are you out there
6: turning off and turning on and crashing through the glass? Have they been crushing skulls or smoking bowls, sifting through the ash? Comings on and goings on and cultures start to clash empires fall to the ground we are delighted by the crash no matter what we do oh don't fresh ash all that remains Tell me now so i know how to fulfill your every wish, better late than never, better
8: Welcome back to Blooming Out. You're listening to a special news edition by the Blooming Out interns. I'm Lucas Fisher.
9: I'm Ireland Meacham.
8: I'm
11: Jasper Tony.
9: I'm William Lee. I've got a story about former First Lady Michelle Obama uh, from LGBTQ Nation. Um, in her new memoir, Becoming, includes, it includes a section about the day the Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage nationwide. It includes a shocking revelation about the depths of the first lady's support for the LGBTQ community. As the White House was lit up on, in rainbow colors to celebrate the ruling, Obama documents being able to watch the happiness as celebrants gathered in the park outside the White House gates. But that she couldn't even but that she couldn't even hear the crowd. Suddenly, desperate to join the celebration, she decided to do something about it, and she enlisted help from her eldest daughter Malia to accomplish it. Quote, we were going on an adventure, outside, where people were gathered, and we weren't going to ask anyone's permission, Obama writes in the book. Molia and I were now on a crusade. We weren't going to relinquish our goal. We were going to get ourselves outside. After a complicated process of sneaking past the Secret Service and being thwarted once, the two finally made it outside. Quote, we made our way down a marble staircase and over red carpets, around the busts of George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, and past the kitchen until suddenly we were outdoors. The humid summer air hit our faces. I could see fireflies blinking on the lawn. And there it was, the hum of the public, people whooping and celebrating outside the iron gates. It had taken us 10 minutes to get out of our own home, but we'd done it. We were outside, standing on a patch of lawn off to one side, out of sight of the public, but with a beautiful close-up view of the White House, lit up in pride.
12: Okay, so the next one is news happening in Asia countries. Victoria, she plans to wed her partners as soon as same sex marriage becomes legal in Taiwan next May. But she's plan may be dashed if conservative forces win out in a series of referendums on, on gay rights being held November 24 and manage to limit the rights of gays wanting to wed. Five of ten referendums will be questions on issues such as education about homosexuality and regulation on same-sex marriage. In the first such ruling in Asia, Taiwan's constitutional court said in May 2017 that same-sex couples have the right to be legally married. The court gave the island legislature two years to legalize same-sex marriage, but said homosexual partners can be married from May, 2019, even if the law has not been formally amended. But with little progress made on changing the, cor- the current act, conservatives have been calling for a new law to regulate same-sex couples' rights. Despite the island have many gay-friendly spots and hosting one of the region's biggest LGBT parades, she and other activists are concerned they may end up with limited freedom to marry. Taiwanese President Tsai Ing-wen campaigned on a promise of marriage equality in the 2016 general election, but said this year that society is still divided. Her democratic progressive Party has been reluctant to push ahead on same sex marriage legalization, fearing it would have a negative impact in some of the local elections taking place the same day. Conservative groups put three votes on the ballot. Three referendums are aimed at restricting gay marriage rights and banning same sex education in schools. Gay rights activists put up two separate votes to counter such moves. While socially conservative attitude holds way among older people, many young families support equal rights and education about homosexuality in school. All of the referendums need a minimum of 4.95 million votes in favor to force the legislative body to enact regulations in the next three months. A higher bar on an island with a population of of about 24 million. While the votes will not stop same-sex marriage becoming legal, they could cast shadow on how it is regulated.
8: Report. Trump administration pressured 4-H to remove policy welcoming LGBT members. The Trump administration pressured the international 4-H youth organizations to remove a policy welcoming LGBT members, prompting a debate that led to the firing of the top 4-H leaders in Iowa, the Day-1- Register reported on Sunday. The investigation by the Register found that Heidi Green, the former Chief of Staff for Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, requested the organization rescind the policy as conservatives and evangelicals protested it in the days after its announcement. The policy policy had asked the local programs to treat all students consistent with their gender identity and allow them equal access. There are more than six million members of 4 H, which is administered by the National Food Institute of Wait a minute. There are more than six mi- there are more than six million members of 4 H, which is administered by the National Institute of Food and Agriculture, itself a part of the Department of Agriculture. The organization has been working to diversify since the early nineteen nineties, and John Paul Chasson Cardenas, the 4-H director in Iowa, had long advocated for the organization to welcome LGBT youth. He resisted NIFA's request that the Iowa 4-H take down the policy from its website, and he said that during the uproar he received death threats, according to the Register. Agriculture Department spokespeople have maintained that the policy should not have been disseminated, as it was developed by a regional 4-H group and did not go through the required pathways to create a policy. Officials at Iowa State University's Extension and Outreach, which oversees the 4-H program in the state, said that they fired Chasson Cardenas over his failure to follow proper guidelines for policymaking, among other issues of professionalism. He has disputed their explanation, asserting that he is being punished for standing up for the rights of transgender youths. More than 200 people, including some 4-H leaders, signed a letter to the ISU president after the firing praising Cheson Cardenas' work reaching out to youth who were were otherwise overlooked. The Trump administration has already established a habit of chipping away at protections for transgender people. In July 2017, Trump announced a, a ban on transgender troops in the military. In February 2017, Trump rolled back the Obama administration guidelines, allowing students in public school to use the bathrooms of their choice. And in October, the New York Times reported that the Department of Health and Human Services called on government agencies to adopt a, defin- a definition of gender as being determined on a biological basis that is clear, grounded in science, objective, and administratable.
11: Denmark is withholding $9.8 million U.S. dollars of aid to Tanzania after unacceptable homophobic comments from a senior politician, BBC reports. Development Minister Eula Tornes did not name the official but said he was very concerned by the comments. In October, Paul McCann, the commissioner for the commercial capital Dar es Salaam, called on the public to report suspected gay men to the police. He said he would set up surveillance squads to track down gay people. Homosexual acts are illegal in Tanzania and are punishable up to 30 years in prison. Wow. Correspondents say statements against gay people have increased since President John Magufuli' election in 2015. Denmark is Tanzania's second biggest aid donor. Ms. Tornes also postponed a planned trip to East African countries, Danish broadcaster DR reported. The Tanzania government has not yet commented. Mr. Makanda, a staunch ally to the president, said last month that he expected international criticism from his stance, but added, I prefer to anger those countries than to anger God. It said the government would continue to respect and uphold the human rights as Provided for the country's constitution. Earlier in November, 10 men were arrested for conducting a same-sex marriage ceremony on the Tanzania island of Zanzibar. The move was condemned by human rights groups. In a statement of EU-Tanzania relations, the European Council said it would conduct a comprehensive reviews of its policies towards the country. Citing an unprecedented attitude, the Council renewed calls for the Tanzania authorities to refrain from exerting undue pressures and limitations on diplomatic missions.
9: This has been the Blowing Out Interns with your news for the week. I'm Ireland Meacham.
11: I'm Jasper Tony. I'm Lucas Fisher.
12: And I'm Winya Lee. Thanks for listening. Mars and
6: Venus float downstream. Reality never fits the dream. Work out now. Not like you thought it would. It'll work out now. Not like you thought it would. All oh, fool like me, it'll work out now. Not like you thought you would. It'll work out now. Time. Show! It would It'll work out now Just like I thought it would
2: First of all, thanks to all of our listeners and our wonderful guests, Jennifer Bass and Jonah Chester. And for all of those who are out there traveling with family, friends, or whomever, enjoy yourselves, spread the love, and safe travels. I'm Alex
3: Ashkin. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presslaff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. Blooming Out's community liaison is Alec Ashkin. Our trusted intern is Jasper Tony. For Blooming Out on WFHB, I'm Melanie Davis.
1: And I'm Frankie Presslaff. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Happy Thanksgiving. Good night from your Blooming Out family.
2: You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department.
1: Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs
2: program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org.
1: Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to Out. At wfhb.org
2: That is bloomingout at wfhb.org. And thank you
0: for listening. I and I gotta be proud, and I gotta remember
12: this is what I'm about. I gotta stand up, and I gotta be proud, and I gotta remember this is what I'm about.
9: And what about being that girl? Well, how could I mind it?